0: Thank you for listening to the Crossroads Sermons podcast. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.crossroadstw.org. All right, well, good morning, church. How is everybody doing? How are everybody doing? Y'all can't get it out. Everybody doing okay? Amen. Cool. We're good to see you guys. It's good to be um, here again. It's good to be back in the house. And so for those that are watching online, thanks for joining us. We are excited um, just for you and your faithfulness and uh, I know still we're trying to figure out uh, all the the ins and outs about this uh, pandemic but we are praying for you and we're thankful for you and for tuning in and for those here in the room thank you for being here um, man I tell you what the mix was a great it was a great time so I want to say thank you to the team and uh, volunteers come on y'all come on a lot of different people involved worship people tech team you got uh, Martin and uh, there are a lot of guys have been behind the scenes all day, pretty much Friday, but for sure all day Thursday, and uh, they were tirelessly working around the clock. So thank you. Thank you to them. College ministry, a couple things going on. College ministry is a great thing happening on Monday evenings, and so I'm grateful for that. And uh, under leadership of Matt and Christy Stike, man, I'm just grateful for them. Hey, amen, amen. Amen. <laughs> Grateful for them, and uh, man, hey, if you know college kids, there is a place for them on Monday evenings here at Park Place at 6.30, I believe. Amen. So um, just let them know about that. We're seeing some growth there, and it's a, it's a God thing. Prayer night, okay? Prayer night has been phenomenal, okay? It's been all that and a bag of chips. And so if you have not been with us uh, over the first three, actually, in-person times, man, make sure you can try to make it if you have time available on Tuesday evenings, try to get here. We 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 would love to have you. God has been meeting with us in a very special way, and for those that know that uh, to be true, man, thank you guys for being with us again. We believe prayer is the engine going forward. Prayer is the ministry, not an addendum to the ministry. Okay, so prayer is the ministry. We'd love to have you guys in this room, 6:30 to 7:30 on Tuesdays. Uh, we're looking forward to that. We have some special guests in our presence today. I'm excited for this. Y'all know about a couple weeks ago, we journeyed through a serious ice storm. Anybody remember that? Amen. Okay. Uh, see, anybody living in the room? Amen. So, but, but a serious ice storm. So it caused catastrophic damage as a state. I don't think we're really ready for this. And so God has pressed upon the hearts of these um, individuals. They're all the way from West Virginia. And so, I mean, I just want to give you a round of applause. May y'all mind standing up. Is that okay? Just stand up, guys. That's good. Come on, come on. Come on. So what they're doing, Amen. They're here, thank you guys. They're here to help with uh, plumbing issues, Harris County, uh, Montgomery County. Uh, we have my buddy Bob right here, uh, Silver, Silverstein, amen. He's uh, gonna be spearheading this deal. Sebastian is right here. And my other guy with the cool dreads right here, right? Amen. And we got Dave Dillinger uh, right here. So they're gonna be actually helping. If you know of any, any other needs, I'm gonna tell you what, I know they're booked. But uh, hopefully they can do some projects relatively quick, and then get to some other ones. But uh, we'll love for you guys to be a part of that, all the way from West Virginia, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So thank you, man. Thank you, gentlemen. Yep. Amen. Amen. So we're going to continue our series entitled "Unlimited Minutes." It's been a great one. I've heard some people say this has been a very refreshing one for many different reasons. Um, whether you hadn't been praying properly or just praying regularly. And God has begun to cultivate a passion for prayer again afresh and maybe help you understand theologically what happens when we pray or how we ought to pray, okay? And so what we've covered thus far is the purpose of prayer. We looked at the purpose of prayer, it was great, Psalm 63. We looked at how to pray, okay, that's Matthew 6, Jesus teaching his disciples the Lord's prayer. We looked at how to hear God's voice, Hebrews chapter 1, is God talking? Yes, he is talking. He's talking through the person of Jesus Christ and through his word. Last week, we looked at how to pray um, during waiting seasons, okay? So that was Psalm 25, and Pastor Josh did a great job. And so um, today, what we're going to look at is one, I think, if you're not careful, this one could have slipped past the radar, and we would have just kind of been like, oh, okay, we're in a prayer series, but we have to answer some serious questions today. Y'all ready for this? The question is this, transformational prayer, but as you peel the layers back with transformational prayer is this, what happens when we pray? Like so, theologically, what happens when you and I, when we actually pray, when we get on our knees, or when we drive in, or whatever the case may be, whatever form you pray in, what happens when you, when you and I pray? So we're going to deal with our text, Psalm forty-six and verse ten, a very familiar passage. I'll give a quick snapshot of the context of what's taking place in this actual chapter. But we want to answer the question today. If you're taking notes, what happens when I pray? What happens? Because I wonder, man, sometimes in life, man, how do some things work? You ever wonder that? Like, how do some things work in life? Like, just really, well, how do some things work? I think about, I'm a 70s kid, okay, so that means record players were, they were booming. Eight tracks. I remember eight tracks of record players. Anybody in the house remember that? Right? I see you, my man. So record players, right? My mom had those vinyls. They'd be nice. They'd be, oh, rub them down, right? Had the fine lines on them, but they'll take that needle on that record player machine, and they'll drop that needle on, and you'll hear that they will pop in real quick, and then they'll start singing. It was amazing, but me and my siblings, we would be cruel with it. Y'all see us running through the house? I would run and purposely bump that bad boy, right? And then, and listen to the sounds of Freddie Jackson or whoever, Michael Jackson. It's always a Jackson. But whoever was singing, whoever was singing actually is Skip. Skip, 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 going skip. But it was always intriguing that this little, this black vinyl, this little fine little needle would hit the vinyl, and then something would come out of it. Like this noise, this, this music, this melody. What about how we stream movies today? If you thought about this, fiber optics and, and just the internet bandwidth and all these things that technology has given us today to uh, stream movies and to stream our favorite shows and whatever the case may be. I mean, it's funny how we can stream at, the, at, the, at our fingertips, just press a button and have stuff just be able to watch. What about Bluetooth connection? Always trips me out. Always. Yeah, I'm just, y'all, this is how I think. I'm just letting y'all in. I'm like, man, how does this, how's this work? What about this one? Y'all ready for this? What about chia pets? Y'all remember chia pets? How in the world did, how did that work? And so the first hour I told him this, this is not even my notes. I said, yeah, I'm actually going to try to get one. Um, I'm going to pour soda on it to see if it's still, stiff if it still grows like pouring water on it, amen, right? So, but Chia Pets, right, you pour a little water on it and it begins to like produce, I don't know, it's like a fungus looking deal, but it begins to produce something. How, what's going on, right, with, with Chia Pet? Well, I think the, the question is, what's going on with you and I when we pray? What, what's really going on? It's such a privilege to pray, it's such a, um, an honor to pray, but I think sometimes as we come to the reality of prayer, we have to be able to process, at least knowing theologically, what's going on when we pray. What's going on when we pray? So Psalm 46 will begin to unpack a little bit of theology for you and I, but not just theology, but also practical theology when it comes to what happens when you and I, when we pray. Psalm 46 and verse 10 says this. It says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations I will be exalted in the, in the earth. This is God speaking through one of his writers. Many scholars are still debating on who wrote this, but we know it's in the 66 books. It's in the canon. It's, it's sealed. It's, it's inspired by God. So though we don't have the privy really, if it's the sons of Korah, some people say it is, but some say it's other people. The sons of Korah were uh, contemporary worship leaders with David in the temple. And so some people will say it was them, some people will say it's other people, but I think the good news is this. God inspired this through the writer, whomever it was, to coin such a great word in this context, not just in this context, but for you and I as well today. So what's going on in the context right here in Psalm 46 is this. You ready? They were, they were at war. God's people had different nations pressing on all sides on them. They didn't know what to do. They were freaking out and And they just kind of like looking to the left and to the right horizontally, but God challenges them to actually begin to, again, afresh, look up. Look up. So here it is. He says, well, verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I will, I love that, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. So the first thing is, here's what we're going to do. We're going to backtrack and just look at this verse. We're just going to deal with one, just one verse. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. First thought is this, be still and know that I am If you're a note taker, write this down. Be still and know that I am. In order for us to really understand this context or even appreciate the context or even appreciate the verse that we're studying this morning, we have to begin to um, dissect, if you will, as best we can, this actual verse, verse 10. Be still and know that I am. So this is funny because a lot of times you go, well, hey, I know who you are, God. I'm praying to you. But, But this is a very profound statement. Why? Because be still and know that I am means you need to realize who you're dealing with. He's saying, you're not dealing with just some old lowercase g God that the people that are pouncing on you on all sides, that they, that they worship, whether fertility God or um, a prophet, a Baal or whatever. You're not dealing with any type of God here. You're not dealing with a lowercase g God. You're dealing with capital G God, the creator of all things. And so in other words, he's saying, hey, well, be still and know that I am. It's the same lingo and language that God gave uh, Moses in Exodus chapter four, Moses was like, hey, man, I'm, I'm supposed to go on your name. What am I supposed to do? How much backing do I have? Um, who should I say sent me? And he says, well, tell him this, tell him that I am that I am sent you. I mean, that's, that's enough backing. Tell him, tell him that the creator of all things sent you. What are you facing today? What's the thing that you're facing? What's the thing that um, keeps perplexing you? on a daily basis, and just I want you just for a moment to to just realize that be still and know that he is, not in the sense that I wanna magnify my problems, but in this case, what I want to do is magnify the Lord, magnify who he is, and when I begin to magnify who he is, my problems begin to fall into place. Be still and know that I am, he says. In other words, you and I, we ought to shift our focus from our problems. I'm not saying we negate the problem. I'm not saying we punt the problems. The problems are real. Circumstances are real. But what happens when you and I be still and know that he is, we begin to shift from our problems and we begin to focus on a person. We really begin to focus on who the Lord, who he is. He says that I am. He says he's creator. I'm God. Not your feelings. He's God. Not your spouse. He's God, not your money, he's God, not your kids, he's God, not your boss, he's God, not your preferences, but he's God, not your friends, not anything else. And this is what he's trying to let these people know. If you really wanna make it through this battle, here's what I wanna encourage you, be still and know that I am. In other words, I always been and I always will be. I have no starting point, everything I created is from ex nihilo. In other words, that means it's created from nothing. I take nothing and I make something. This is a great God we're talking about here in this text. This is wonderful. This ought to make you clap your hands. (laughs) Because this great God allows you and I to be still and to know him. We're going to unpack that a little bit. But to know this beautiful God who reveals himself to you and I. So the question on the table, again, is like, man, well, God, what's going on? I think, again, when we, I said this a couple weeks back, when when we approach prayer, we forget why we exist. We exist for his glory. If this will help you and I a lot, if we when we begin to pray, before we, we check our hearts, but when we begin to pray, we realize we got to have this theological understanding that we are here for his glory first. Because this will begin to shift how we pray, who we pray for, how we pray for other people, even begin to check our own hearts in the midst of our prayer closet. So I'm here for your glory. If that's the case, what is your glory? It's to bring you glory, and it's everything that aligns with, what aligns with righteousness. So, Again, here's the big idea. You ready? To know him is to, it means to understand his sovereignty. So his sovereignty, I because this is the issue I was dealing with in putting this together, sovereignty and prayer. How do they work? And a lot of people are like, well, what goes on, man? Should I even pray? Is he, I mean, if God is sovereign, why should I pray if he knows everything already? What's the point? So there's this great tension in the text. So the point is this, is that when we understand his sovereignty, that nothing is outside of God's jurisdiction. Have you ever thought about this? Like nothing really, nothing takes him by surprise. Now this is hard to swallow, especially when there's loss in our families, when there's Um, catastrophic things taking place, and we wonder why, God, are you letting this happen? What in the world are you doing? Or have you checked off on my life and you're showing favor to somebody else's life? That's not the case. Again, if nothing is outside of his jurisdiction, God allows it to come through his hand, and that means through his hand, everything works for his ultimate goal and glory. It comes through his hand. That's his providence. So if everything comes through his hand, that's his providential way of allowing his sovereignty to be played out in your life and my life, and remember, we're here for his glory and his glory alone. So if that's the case, God allows providentially different things to happen and for us to be able to know him in a very intellectual, not just intellectual, but experiential way. I think of it this way. Me and Mandy, how we met, I think is one of the, there's many different pictures on God's sovereignty and providence. So here I am, a student at Moody Bible Institute. I get my first um, student pastor position at a church called New Hope Bible Church in, uh, in the city on the west side of Chicago. And uh, so Mandy's she's volunteering at another church in their student ministry. She's doing great. Um, and so here I am. I'm at this church. My mentor, Pastor Gerald Smith, is discipling me, mentoring me, great guy, godly man to this day. He's discipling me, and so he... Um, was asked to go speak at the retreat. It was like a singles retreat, a young married retreat that um, her church was actually putting on and hosting. So they asked Pastor Gerald to go speak. And he, he was like, yeah, I'll go speak. But here I am sitting under his tutelage, and I'm learning from him. He goes to this retreat, led by the Lord. Look at, the, look at sovereignty and providence working together. He goes, he speaks and preaches the gospel. Manny gets saved, her and her friend. They give their lives to Christ. They're the only two unbelievers in the whole room. Amen. So they were praying. They, they didn't have a chance. Amen. Everybody was praying for them. So, but the point is, uh, so Gerald speaks, the Spirit moves, works in the hearts of Mandy and her friend, and then they give their life to Christ. Boom. They give their life to Christ. They realize that there was something missing in their lives. So Gerald comes back, and uh, I'm still sitting under his tutelage. We're serving together. Didn't even know, in one conversation, didn't even know that he led my future wife to the Lord. That's profound. Th- that's sovereignty, but also God's providence. You say, Marcus, help me understand a little bit more. Maybe if I have a big old box of Legos, and I begin to shake those Legos up, I shake them up and I throw it out, and it just builds a-, a city. First of all, y'all be running out of this bad boy like, man, what in the world? Is that- right, you'll be out of here, poof! right, gone. But that's the point I'm trying to make. Nothing happens outside of God's providential hand working it out. So what are you facing, church? What are you facing individually? Maybe it's a a hardship. Maybe it's a a hiccup or a hang-up. Maybe it's ill-will towards somebody. I don't know what it is, but you better rest assured that God is working everything out. Nothing comes out of his His jurisdiction. No molecule, no atoms, no protons, or no electrons. Everything works for his glory and for his own praise. You may say, well, Marcus, man, you don't know my situation. I'm not, in an, I'm not in an ideal situation. You're probably right. Chances are you're probably right. You're probably not in an ideal situation, but I want to tell you this. Based on this text, be still and know that he is, know that I am. You serve, a, you serve an ideal God. You serve an ideal God. So, again, the question on the table is what happens when we pray? What happens? Marcus, help me understand this. Well, first, there's five things. The first thing is this. The Lord commands it. So, you think about prayer, think about it this way. The Lord commands it. It's not suggestions. It's not just a consideration, it's not when you really want to. I know sometimes we fall into that trap when we're more fleshly than um, righteous, amen. We don't really want to pray. We put it off, even though it's the most important thing and one of the, the greatest privileges we have as Christians is to pray and to go before a holy God, but we just tend to just put it off for whatever reason. But he commands it. Luke 11:9 9 says this, I told you, ask and it will be given uh, to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open." The verbs used here, ask, seek, and knock, are all imperative. So in other words, Jesus is talking to this crowd of people, the disciples. He's saying, look, ask, um, seek, and knock. If you do that, these are imperatives. He's not saying, "Um, I'm just suggesting these great things. I'm God in flesh. I think it would be a good idea um, if you um, ask, seek, and knock. No, he's saying, this is what you and I ought to do. He commands it. Secondly, it's an opportunity to join him in his plan. When you and I pray, we're actually joining God and saying, God, your redemptive story from Genesis to Revelation, somehow, way, you desire to use us in this whole story and this grand narrative, even the meta-narrative, you desire to use you, I mean, use us in this whole story. Here's the funny thing. You ready? You say, Mark, what's so profound about that? Because you know yourself. The Lord knows you and you know you. I'm not talking about, don't look at nobody else right now like, oh, yeah, I wish Cousin Skeeter was here. No, no, we ain't talking about Cousin Skeeter. Okay, talking about you, you know, your own baggage, hangups, hiccups, and so thinking about that being redeemed by Jesus Christ, washed in the blood, he still desires to use you and give you and I an opportunity to join him in this grand plan called redemption. It's also a mirror of the gospel, it's a mirror of the gospel. Prayer is, you go, How is that? Well, Jesus, knowing our plight, God, knowing our plight. Even before we were able to make an intelligent theological decision, he prays on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So he makes provision for you and I for salvation, even when we're um, crucifying the one that would die in our place and be our substitute. Here it is. He still, in this context, he still provides provision. So post-conversion, you and I as Christians, when we go to the Lord in prayer, he knows all the drama in our lives, but he still receives us. He still receives you and I. It's a picture of the gospel. What about this? We just get to be with him. You get to be with the Lord. You get to just be with the Lord. Isn't that great? And then lastly, here's the big one. There's still an element of mystery, and that's the beauty. I can't sit here and just articulate in seven minutes how all of this works together, but I want to encourage you on this. If God is sovereign, he's doing something with your prayers. He's doing something with Him. And so the writer would say this in Isaiah 46, 9 through 11, that he is a God that's in complete control. James 5 then tells us, well, if he's in control, Isaiah talks about it. James 5 says, well, we ought to pray. You see, prayer is earthly permission for heavenly interference. That's what it is. Prayer is earthly permission. Lord, in the midst of what I'm going through down here on earth, it's permission for heavenly interference to come into play and really do something and allow the Lord to do something in our lives and so we are to be still and know that he is then the next clause we'll say if we're going to chop this verse up a little bit is this to be still and know be still and know that means faith is living this is what it means to have biblical faith faith is living without scheming so if i'm going to be still and know that he is be still and know that i am god be still and know that means i need to begin to if i know who he is we keep driving this home the higher the view of the Lord, the greater you'll have a, a desire to want to be with him and pray unto him. But also, it's just living a life of faith without scheming, just without scheming. And this is the problem with most of us, and me included. How many of you guys love to be still? Anybody love to be still? Be still. Anybody love to be still? Anybody in the house? Anybody? We, we, sometimes, right? I'm okay, with, um, I'm okay with waiting for certain things. I'm okay going to a restaurant when I know the food is gonna be really good. I didn't share this with the first hour, but it just came to my mind. Um, I'm okay going to a restaurant when the food is really good. I'm okay to wait for that and be still and wait. Anybody on it? Because you know what's coming. Are y'all with me on this? If you know, man, the cauliflower gonna be, I'm a cauliflower, first thing <laughs> came to my mind. But you know the steak's gonna be good. Hey, hey, you gotta be healthy nowadays. Trying to quarantine that deal, right? So, the, yeah, anyway. So, but the point is, Cauliflower, fried chicken. Y'all see that y'all see what I did there? Um, but you know it's gonna be on point, so you, you're willing to wait and be still. But it's another thing to wait for something in a restaurant when the food is bad. See, so we're not willing to wait then. We get we get all antsy, we begin to talk sideways to the waitresses and waiter and asking for the manager and or even we'll just get up and walk out. Here's the thing. Be still and know to my, that he is God. In, in other words, our nature and our tendency is to try to fix things. Let me let me just say this real quick. Many of us in the room, me included, we need to do this. In this moment, we need to make, and I don't know what this moment may be for you specifically, but think of it this way. In this moment, we need to make faith decisions depending upon God. He says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that he is. We need to make Faith decisions based upon him and not fleshly decisions dependent upon our desperation. A lot of times we make decisions based on our desperation and we're not willing to wait. And so therefore we, we find ourselves in just some very interesting, some interesting seasons. Well, this whole word be still means this. It means to, to really cast down, to let go, to, to, to relax. So here, let's do this. Everybody in the room, let's go like this. Ah. Like, I did not come for yoga. I didn't, first of all, I didn't come to hear about cauliflower and fried chicken and then the yoga class. Amen. But you got it. On the count of three, let's just inhale and exhale. One, two, three. He says, be still and know. Relax. In this context, they were like, what are we going to fight with? We're outnumbered. We, they have greater weaponry than we do. And how are we going to do this? What's going to happen? What's the outcome? We all love a great story. We all love a great movie with a great punchline or story ending. We all do. We love stories. And this is a great one. Why? Because God allows us to look into the diary of the writer to be able to see what's going on in that context, but also for us to dial it back to 2021 so that we can say the same thing. As I look at this, I have the same opportunity and privilege to be still and to know that he is God, to be still and to know, not just trusting in anything, not just trusting in earthly things or material things that fade away, I'm trusting in the eternal God, the same God who was um, before anything that lives every single day that you will, you will live, but also provides provision in every single day that you will live. This is the great God I'm talking about this morning. He's phenomenal. And so the point is this, Hey, you ready? He says, well, look, man, you got to be still, you got you to gotta chill out. Don't magnify your problems. You need to go ahead and just magnify me. Magnify me. And it brings us to a point of worship. We leave, when we be still and no, you leave worry and you begin to worship. And as you leave worry and begin to worship, the, the jail bars begin to open. Y'all, y'all seen, y'all remember um, Paul and Silas? Right? Paul and Silas in Acts, they were, they were in a very bad predicament. But what did they do? They their resolve was to praise, they focused to praise and worship. They could have been easily been pouting and complaining. And, and actually, it's funny because the text says that other people are listening to them, which is dangerous. They worship and God delivered them. So God wants us to know him, be still and know. Then how has he made himself known? Well, you know, general revelation. You learn this in theology class, general, general revelation and then special revelation. General revelation is this. Romans chapter one talks about How God has made himself known to every single person. Now, known to every single person, not saying everybody will attribute creation to him. But God has made it known. In other words, you go outside and look at all the beauty. Um, Texas is beautiful. You go and you you just look at all the great things that God has created. Even in its beauty, it's still tainted by sin in this fallen world. Isn't that crazy? But it's a great picture, it's a canvas of God screaming, saying, I exist. There is a, a greater being that is complex, more complex than the complexity of life and how we live and what we see and how we walk and where we walk at. Psalm 19 would even say this, that the, that the heavens declare the glory of God, that they declare, they're screaming, the heavens do. Now, we're not walking outside seeing the clouds screaming like, God is real. Come on, y'all, get it together. We're not seeing that. But the beauty of the general revelation in the sense that creation is so beautiful, It points to a greater, a greater God. Special revelation is this, and if that's general, general revelation necessarily won't save you, but it can lead you to salvation once you understand special revelation. Special revelation is this, that God put on flesh and got on the stage of humanity to die for you and I. In other words, here it is. You ready? That he would um, go through all this ridiculing, hangups, hiccups, all your baggage, all your sin, all my sin, and he will go to the cross and he will say this, it is finished. And though through that, Jesus being a substitutionary atonement for you and I, we now have an opportunity to be saved and redeemed and set apart for his holy work. That's special revelation. That's how he wants you to know him. And then through scripture, boom, there it is. You see, searching for the Lord is not that hard, guys. It's not that hard. He's he's right there. He's talking. He's doing life. He desires for us to interact with him. It's like old school hide and seek. Y'all remember hide and seek? Anybody? Hide and seek. But back in the day, see, you always had two types of people in hide and seek when you play hide and seek. You had the one person that they would, um, they always knew how to hide very well. Their hiding spots was like, dude, how you pull that off, man? We're Man, you only had a couple seconds to think about that. How did you boom? Like you need to be, you need to be like a lawyer or attorney or something when you get older. So just quick boom. So we just say we're in a thousand square foot house, and everybody say, Don't leave the house, but we're doing hide and seek right in the house. And you put your foot in. This is how we should do it back in the day. I don't know, it's different in different cultures, but any many, many, mo. Y'all remember that? You do that deal? Catch a target by his toe. Am I the only one in the room remember that? Deal? <laughs> hey, I'm glad we could just go back a little bit. So any mini, yeah, 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 right. So then you do that, boom. And then whoever's foot was still there, that was the one that had to count to 20. Then everybody else run and hide. And here it is. Y'all, hear it? Y'all see the person? One, two. And it was always that person be cheating like this. One, two, right? One, two. And everybody scrams. Everybody's hiding. Ready or not, here I come. Here they come. You ready? He's looking. I see you. Spot you. I see you. Oh, see you. Oh, saw you. But it's always that one person that's still missing. Y'all remember that? It's like, man, where's Johnny? I'm sorry about Johnny using his name all the time. your name is Johnny, forgive me. Where's Johnny? Where's Johnny at? Johnny managed to climb up the chimney. (laughs) I'm serious. He up there like plastered in that bad boy like this. He's up there, smoke all in his nose and, and, and all this stuff on his face. He comes down, he wins, right? But there's also that other person that just had a bad, they just couldn't, they can't hide for nothing. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And see, y'all laughing because that was probably you. Amen. So is that person like, ready or not, here I come. You stand there like this here. Right? Right? Boo, I got you, right? So anyway, so that's the case. And here's, I want to drive this home. Hide and seek. He says, be still and know. You and I can know him. No matter what you're journeying through, he wants you to know him as he is. He tells us right here in this text, and this is reality. Yes, he is um, transcendent, but he's also imminent. In other words, he's holy, other, but he's also very close. And I want to encourage you this morning. This is what he's pointing at. We don't need to play hide and seek with God, even though we try to play hide and seek with God. God is not playing hide and seek with you. A lot of times people say this, man, God, I don't know where he's at. Well, he's right where you left him. He ain't going nowhere. He's right where you left him. And he's ready for you. The writer says, be still and know. Be still and know. You say, Marcus, you, you really don't understand what I'm going through. You're right, I don't. And you know, I'm not gonna try to do that, but you say, where is he at? I'm gonna say, look around. Look at creation. Is he real? Look around. You can attribute this to just science and just happenstance. It's too complex. I mean, the fine tunes of creation—it's too, it's too, it's too fine tuned. Look around. He's real. You say, "Well, does the Lord love me?" I know I see redemptive story in other people's lives. What about me? I mean, look at my situation. Everybody else seems to be doing all good. Just because they're smiling, don't mean they're doing good. This is. ooh, I'm off notes. Don't look at somebody else's highlight reel and compare it to your life where you're at and to the real state of where you're at. It's a highlight reel, but it's not that real. It took time to get there. And so time, what, what happens if we're not careful, we, we will not be still and know. We'll begin to look at everybody else's life and not focus on the Lord. And so be still and know that he's God. Do he love me? Well, look at the cross. Look at the cross. He loves you. He loves me. He loves you. And here's the good thing about this. We say this a lot around here. We're fully known, but also fully loved. So it's not about performance. He loves you. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you're going through right now, he loves you. Is he speaking, Pastor? Yes, he is speaking. He's speaking through his word. That's it. He's speaking through his word. So the last thing is this. You ready? So be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Allows you and I to transition and shift to know we can be still and know and rest in that, right? But then lastly, we can just be. You say, Marcus, what? Is it? what? We, can just, we can just be. We can just be. As humans, we're so contractional. In other words, we, we base our relationships on, if you break your end of the bargain, I'm done with you. Like we just give up, we just give up too easy. We throw in the towel too easy. And this idea here, in the midst of the context that they're in, be still and know that I am, be still and know that I am God, be still and know, okay, now it allows you and I to just be. In other words, we don't have to perform. He already told us to be still. What does that mean? To drop what you're holding, the weaponry, and to trust God's provision and God's timing. To trust it. So that means this, really, the reality is that to be is to realize that you're you're a son or a daughter of the Most High God. You're a son or a daughter. You, 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 hear me say this. You are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. For those that know Jesus in the room, you are a, a son and a daughter of the same God who, who created all things. You are a son or a daughter of him. It's like my daughters. They don't have to work to be my daughters. They have to work to be my daughters. They're, they're my kids. Now, sometimes they default towards like trying to you know, put on a show and all that stuff, but, but not, they're just my kids. They're my kids. And so it's, it was once said this way that we are, we are um, created as human beings and not human doings. A lot of times we get caught up in doing before being. We see, I see it all the time. See it in ministry, see it in our own lives. You see it a lot in our relationship with the Lord when I talk to people. We're just caught up in doing versus being. And here's what the Lord wants us to understand. Maybe it's for somebody in the room, maybe one or two, I don't know. But be still and know that He is. Be still and know, that allows you to just be. Be who he's called you to be. And then you don't have to worry about doing anything else and performing to actually get his approval. And here's the thing, you ready for this? Most of the times when we're praying, what happens when we pray? Most of the times, I really believe this, God desires to transform you and I more than just taking or removing the circumstance. He wants to change your heart first. He wants to change your life first before he removes the circumstance. It's funny because in Christianity, man, especially in this last year with so much going on in our culture, in different spaces and circles, it seems that we're scared or even talk about being overwhelmed. I had a lady talk to me at the first hour and just said, I'm I'm flat out overwhelmed. I'm glad you talked about that. I'm overwhelmed. We, We just seem to. There's shame. It's just There's just this unnecessary guilt that's associated with it. But that's, that shouldn't be the case. If we can be still and know that he is God, be still and know, and we can just be and understand that he loves us, we're fully known and fully loved, here's the good, good news. When we're dealing with mental illness, when we're dealing with different deals in this manner, unhealthy thinking, we can bring it to him. And I'm just gonna share this real quick. Be still, be still. He says just be. So a lot of times in life, me included, I go, well, where's my faith when I'm dealing with depression? Where's my faith when I'm dealing with sadness? Where's my faith at? Where is my faith? I'm talking real life. Yes, you can preach the text and ink on the page, but I'm talking about real life. Where is my faith? If this is true, I want to to actually have it. I want to possess it. I want to walk in it. Where is my faith? And I want to encourage you on this. Prayer is the blessing of this regard. It is God's backstage pass into a personal audience with him. He wants to invite you to this backstage. Just be with, just to be with him. Just to be with him. And so, he's not just wanting to kick it with you. Though, by the way, he not just he, backstage pass. Just to kick back and have a different assortment of M and M's. You know, backstage in a green room. But he really wants. He wants to transform you, and me. He wants to transform you. You say, Marcus, that's not good enough. Help me understand something. Well. There's one said this, in this great book, It Happens After Prayer. Uh, the writer says that we, we suffer from a low view of God. I thoroughly believe that's very true in the church today. I think you all have heard me say this before. I think the two major issues in the church today, Big C Church, is a low Christology, the doctrine of Jesus. Then, therefore, if we have a healthy view of Christology, that means we'll have a healthy view of who we are in him. But if you have a bad view, our, our identity is going to be really shallow, okay, and that will be tossed to and fro. But if it's strong, we'll be fortified to stand on his foundation. But we have a low view of God. And he says, as a result of that, we just, we just we miss out on so much good stuff. So the writer says we ought to be. Okay, well, be what? Well, we can trust in this one. He's the God who unrolled the blueprint for the foundations of the world before history's dawning. He's his God. He was God who called cosmos out of chaos with his own voice, declaring, Let there let there be light. It was God who sent the earth spinning on its axis and placed Mother Nature and Father Time on it and commanded them to dance together without getting dizzy. I love that. It's this God, it's the the same God that wants to work in your life, work in your situation. It was God who made the sun from the brilliance of his own face. It was God who flung the stars like a million flaming skyrockets against the ebony dome of evening. It was this God. Just the writer is saying, hey, be still and know that I am. Be still and know that, uh, that you know who you're dealing with. It was God who flung the fleecing white clouds against the azure colored canvas of the vaulted blue. It was this God. It was this God who gave the lion its war, the cow its moo, the duck its quack, and the dog its bark. And I'm going to say this, even the cat is meow. Amen. And so here's what I'm trying to say. God is sovereign. It was this same God who took a lump of clay from the ground back in Genesis, a lump of clay stamped his approval on it, almost also the image of his image on us, on the brow of each man, woman, boy, and girl. So therefore, he also put the quest of truth in every single one of us, Ecclesiastes chapter three. So therefore, what happens after that? You and I, we can trust him. We can stand on him. We can, um, we can spend time with him. We can actually know him, and we can actually be still before him, and we can also just be before this God. He's also the God who robed himself in flesh. He robed himself in flesh. He lived a blue-collared worker life in an ancient city called Nazareth to bear your sin and my sin on the cross. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know. And then he says, just be. Just be. Are you trying to perform for Jesus? Band, you guys can come on up. Are you trying to perform for him and... Ex, expect unhealthy expectations on the Lord, right? I know we do this sometimes with people in our lives, but an unhealthy expectation on him, he, he works on his own timetable in his own way. But here's a good part, you ready? He he wants to he wants you to know him. He wants to give you peace even in the waiting. Literally. So I don't know where you're at today. I really don't. So here's what we're gonna do: we want to respond. And I, I really pray this. Hear me say this. I pray that if you're in the room today, if you've not trusted Christ as your Savior, that means this, that life all the way up to this point right here as I'm speaking, it's been about you. But you've also realized that there's something missing. Even as I've been speaking, you're saying, man, this this God stuff, man, I mean, I'm not talking about religion. We're not talking about religion. Religion is man's attempt to reach God. The gospel is God's way of reaching us. God had to come down and pull it off. But I'm glad that he didn't like go through a checklist in regards to like, well, this person has this sin, they got this sin. The Bible says, man, he died for sins once and for all. So, So Marcus, what are you saying? I'm saying this. Even your worst choices, he paid for. Even the stuff that you hadn't revealed, Good God he paid for there's forgiveness at the cross Even the stuff you're still like man, I don't know about this this or this he's going man. Will you trust me? Will you I mean I paid I paid for it. I, I want to give you direction I want to give you spiritual power. I want to give you spiritual peace But you got to be in this union with me be still and know that I am but being still and know that he is realizes Also underscores it's an invitation to, to come to him, but also an invitation to live in relationship with him so say I don't know him I don't have this it's been about me I don't know where I'm gonna go if I die I I have no idea what's what's after this but I want to I want to encourage you and tell you this there is something after this it's called eternity life is too long to get this wrong eternity let me rephrase that eternity is too long to get this wrong either two places heaven or hell and we really don't, some people say, man, do ain't talk about hell? People ain't not talk about it no more. It's not fire and brimstone. It's just the reality of the text. It's why Jesus came. There's this chasm in between God and man. Sin, God's holiness. And so sometimes we think we can, the chasm is too big, by the way, but we think that I mean, if I do enough, if I can perform enough and not just be, right, and trust his means, I can run and try to leap the chasm. Every single time you'll fall short why how can you say that marcus well the bible says we all fall short of the glory of god romans 3:23. we all fall short god's high standard his holy standard blood was required and jesus was the perfect sacrifice and the final atonement for your blood and for your sin and my sin so you're saying i could just man today i can just say man i'm repenting i'm in other words i'm turning from my way i'm turning from just doing me Right, and I'm going to trust the work of Christ and His provision, the cross in the middle, to be able to make it across by grace through faith. I'm trusting in this work right here, and I'll be saved. Absolutely, absolutely. So maybe it's somebody in this room. You need to make that choice, student. Maybe you've been wrestling, and and you didn't make that choice over the weekend, and God is still pulling at your heart. Today is the day. The Bible says this in Hebrews: Harden not your heart. The day you hear the voice of the Lord speaking, harden not your heart. Harden not your heart. Saints, hear me say this. I don't know, maybe somebody online. Harden not your heart the day you hear the Lord speaking. And then secondly, maybe you need to get baptized. I would think people would be okay if we had somebody say, I need to get baptized. I don't get baptized today. I think we can hang for another 15 minutes and watch somebody change clothes and get baptized. Now, if it's 100 people, that'd be a little different. Amen. So, but, but praise the Lord. But why put it off? Like what, what are you waiting for? If he's God, if he's Lord of your life, that means he's boss. He should be able to call the shots and he has your best interests in mind. And by the way, remember we exist for his glory. So if that's the case, what am I, what am I, why am I putting something off when he's commanding me to do it? Or it's the next step of obedience to follow through in believers' baptism. If that's you, I'm gonna ask you to come forward too in just a little bit. We're gonna sing a verse and a chorus and I'm going to come up and I'm going to have some pastors up here we want to pray and have Pastor Josh, myself and I uh, Ted Price uh, come up here um, have Daquan come up, let's see um, yeah Rocky's here have Rock come up, we're going we're gonna to be here and if none come, that's okay but hopefully the Spirit of God says something to you today to be still and to know that He is that allows you to be still and know and then you can just be Lord, thank you for this moment we can respond to you. Holy Spirit, please help us to hear your voice and to respond. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.